Hi everybody, this is the Steam and Steve Hand Review, and today I am broadcasting from Best Bet in beautiful Jacksonville, Florida. Last night I was here and the Bad Beat jackpot was up to $383,000. I arrived this morning, nobody has won it yet, and I gotta tell you, I'm feeling a bad beat coming on, so I'm gonna make this kind of quick. Uh, but I do have actually a really interesting hand for us to talk about this week, uh, submitted by user Monkey System. So we're gonna get right into that, but you may wanna come on down here to Best Bet. They've also got $500 high hands going on every half hour, and uh, the Summer Warm-Up Tournament Series. Um, so, And I'm not a paid endorser of them, just so you know that, but I, I do love it here, and they're always really nice to me, and they're letting me uh, record my show from here today. So let's get right into it. I'm gonna switch out of full screen mode, and we'll go into looking at this hand from Monkey System. Okay, so user monkey system says, what can happen when you fail to exploit a semi-bluff opportunity? Uh, I don't know what the, I'm not familiar with the monkey system. I don't know, maybe this is, um, if this is a new poker book, how to confuse your opponents by playing like a monkey. I don't know, we'll, we're gonna find out here. Um, maybe that's not a bad idea, I need to think about that. So let's, let's get into it here and let's see what happens on this hand. So we're playing the uh, tournament here. This is the uh, Advanced Poker Training main event simulator. It starts with 6,500 opponents. As you can tell up at the top here, there's 1,653 players left. The blinds are 1,000, 2,000 with a 300 chip ante. And we are in the cutoff. In fact, it's folded around us in the cutoff with king-queen offsuit. And we're not near the money yet. Money is the, the, about the top thousand are gonna get paid, so we're not really near the bubble. That's not really something we're thinking about just yet. But it's folded us in the cutoff with king-queen offsuit. And as you notice, we're the big stack at the moment. There's one other player here, Thomas, who has a few more chips than us, but he already folded. So we've got 350,000. That's um, 175 big blinds, so we're, we're quite deep here. And and so we, uh, our, our, our hero raises to 5,000, and I like the raise sizing here. Uh, a lot of players are min-raising these days, and the problem with that is it kind of compels the big blind to call you with all kinds of junk, and our, our hand right here is not so strong that we want to encourage the big blind to call with everything, right? I and mean, let's say the big blind has 9-8 offsuit, something like that. For another 2,000, if we had min-raised here, the big blind might just decide, eh, it's a pretty looking hand, they might just call. And 9-8 offsuit is gonna win 35, 36% of the time against us, something like that. It's not a hand that we really wanna play against. You know, we would rather than fold, deny them that 35% equity and pick up the uh, and pick up the blinds and annies here. So I like the raise sizing to 5,000. It's just a little bit more, it's two and a half times the big blind, and it's enough that the, the blind, players in the blinds are not going to play total junk against us. So, so we do make it. We make it five thousand, and as you can see, we get three bet by the small blind, who makes it fourteen thousand. And the small blind is the third biggest stack at the table, which isn't good news. We really don't want to do battle against another big stack, but. But, you know, this is the situation we're in. So here's the correct way to think about this kind of a situation. The correct way is to think about if, if our opponent is a good player, we want to think about how much did it cost them to make this raise and how much are they going to win 
and from there we can compute their odds and find out how often we need to call them so that they can't get away with this and show an automatic profit by raising us with any two cards here. So I hope that makes sense to everyone. I'll say it one more time. We're going to compute how much they are risking versus how much they are going to win here if they get away with this. And we want to make sure we call them often enough so that they cannot make this play with any two cards and show an automatic profit on that. So here's how we do the math on that. And I'm going to go old school here. And uh, I'm actually just going to bring up the Windows calculator. And, uh, and so as we, we all can see that here, we see that, you know, so we had 5,000, right? That was our raise. And there was 2,000 from the big blind and 1,000 from the small blind. And the antes were 2,700. And so the small blind is trying to win 10,700 here. So if we remember that number, how much is the small blind risking? The correct answer is the small blind is risking 13,000 because he had already paid 1,000. That was that was a sunk cost already. So so he's risking 13,000 and he's going after 10,700. We put the cost of his raise in here as well. And the number we come up with here is very close to 55%. Everyone see that there? And what this says is that we, if we fold more than 55% of the time here, the small blind is going to make a profit just off of our folding alone. So if we fold more than 55% of the time, he can make this play with seven deuce offsuit if he wants. He can make this play with any two cards and show a profit off of us. So we need to call at least 45% of the time, and really we need to call even more than that because some of the time that we call, he's going to win anyway, even when he does have a bluff hand like seven-deuce offsuit. He could hit trick twos on the flop. So, so really that's the bare minimum. That is the minimum defense frequency, as we would call it, the MDF. Really we need to defend a little bit more than that. So say 50% of the time, say we need to defend half of our range here. So. In other words, we need to look back at what hands we would have played this way, what hands we would have open raised with from the cutoff, and then think about what are 50% of those hands, what are half of those hands, and make sure we're defending often enough. Now, sometimes we're going to defend by four betting, and sometimes we're going to defend by calling. That remains to be seen. But right now, we need to make sure we are defending by either four betting or calling at least 50% of the time. So let's go back and look at I'm going to go back to the APT homepage here. I'm going to bring up our winning odds tool that we used in the last episode and pull up the range tool here. And uh, so what, what hands would we have opened with from the cutoff? Personally, this is just me. I'm going to open with, uh, with any Broadway cards, any pair. This is very similar to the hand we did last time. Um, but being that we're a big stack, I'm going to open even a little bit wider than I would normally here because I want to pick up those blinds and annies and this is not a cash game. So I'm, you know, I'm going to open with any pair, any Broadway, any ASEC suited, any two suited cards, eight or better, a few suited connectors here, uh, you know, maybe even King-9 suited, King-8 suited, all the way down to maybe even Ace-7 suited, a few more suited. So I'm, I'm, what I'm up to here is about 30% of all hands. I'm going to open almost 30% of all my hands from the cutoff here just because of the advantage of uh, the fact that I'm a big stack and there's blinds and annies out there that I really want to pick up. So in other words, 
if this is the if these are the hands I'm opening with here, I need to be calling or forebetting with at least half of these. And as you can see, since this is 30%, that means 15% of all hands. So I'm going to go to another window here, pull up that same tool again, and I'm going to pick out 15% of all hands and make sure that I'm defending with at least 15% of those. Hope that makes sense to everyone. That's half of my original opening range. So, uh, so let's see if we can pick out about 15% here. I'm probably not going to defend with every one of these pairs, although I might. And some of these, uh, I'm definitely going to defend with all, almost all the pairs. Maybe fives are better. Just about any two Broadway cards, although maybe I'm going to throw away King-10 and Queen-10 and uh, King-Jack offsuit. And I might throw in a few um, through suited connectors, like 10-9 suited, 9-8 suited, 8-7 suited, 7-6 suited. So there's 15% there, as you can see. So if we defend with all these hands here, we'll be defending often enough to stop the small blind from making this play with impunity, basically. So and as we can see, here's our king-queen, king-queen offsuit. So this is definitely a hand we are going to at least defend with here. Now, of course, some of these, as I said before, we're going to four-bet with some of these, right? We're going to four-bet with aces, kings, queens, ace-king, maybe ace-queen suited. And we're even going to semi-bluff four-bet with some of our uh, worst hands here, right? Maybe like 9-8 suited and 8-7 suited, maybe even pocket fives. These are going to be some of our semi-bluff four-betting hands because, of course, we can't always just four bet with our very best hands or, or that's going to give too much away to, to our opponents. So so here's our defending range here. We're definitely going to defend with king-queen offsuit. That's the bottom line. And I don't think it's strong enough to four bet with here. I think it's a hand that, you know, we're going to be in position, which is nice. And it's a hand that plays really well on the flop, heads up like this. Because if we hit a king or queen on the flop, we're going to be able to play with, with a lot of confidence. So, so I think the best play here is to just call. And that is, in fact, what our hero did. So good job to Monkey System. He made the correct play here. Let's go on to the flop. So the flop comes nine of hearts, jack of spades, three of hearts. So we've got a flush draw out there. We have two over cards and we have a gut shot. Um, so there's 37,000 in the pot and our opponent in the small blind, he still has 200,000 behind and he bets 13,400. So now this is a smallish bet, but it is a tournament and we're both big stacks who really don't want to get into a confrontation so i don't think it's an unreasonably small bet so as to be suspicious in any way and we have a nice hand here right we have the gut shot and two over cards so hopefully if we're behind here we hopefully have 10 outs to make the best hand on the turn so we're definitely not going to fold here at least i'm not this one i think is pretty close between calling or raising um, you know, if we fold this flop, we're going to be folding way too much of our range on, on this flop here. So whenever I face a close decision in a tournament, I'm going to lean a little bit more towards taking the line that doesn't build a huge pot, especially when I'm in position. Because as we talked about in our last episode, once all the chips go in, it doesn't matter if you're in position anymore, right? So, um, so why not just call and let's give, us, let's give ourselves the maximum chance to utilize our position on later streets. And finally, I also covered this in the last episode, but we're not really compelled to semi-bluff right now, right? We could raise this guy because we have such a nice draw, but remember that we can semi-bluff on a later street. Maybe the 
two of clubs comes on the turn and he checks to us and we can bet and take it down at that point and I think a turn semi bluff like that might even have a better chance of success than a uh, semi bluff raise here so so monkey system does in fact call and uh, I agree the monkey system is working out well so far and let's go on to the turn and see what happens so there's 59,000 in the pot and the turn is the queen of diamonds so we make top pair and the small blind, our villain, bets 23,000 this time. Again, it's a small bet, but it's not unreasonably small for a tournament. Um, and our hero raises to 50,000 here. And I think this is where our hero first goes astray because uh, given the action so far, I don't think our hand is strong enough to raise with. So the only reason to raise here would be to deny the draws, the chance to see the river, but this bet size here is barely more than a min raise, so clearly anyone who has the flush draw is calling this. And as far as the straight draws go, well, we have one of them, right? If, the, if a 10 falls, we're going to make uh, the king high straight. And if our opponent happens to have a 10, then either an 8 or a king can make him a straight. But we have one of the kings in our hand, so we block one of those. Um, so, I, all in all, I'm much less excited about raising to punish the straight draws. So, so I think this was definitely just a call here, even though we just made top pair. Um, I think that would be a much preferable play, but let's go to the river and see what happens next. Okay, so we get to the river. There was 159,000 in the pot, and the river is the queen of hearts this time, giving us trips but also completing the flush draw, so it's a very interesting river card. And the small blind bets 34,000, it's a very small bet, uh, but our hero min raises here to 68,000. <sighs> Once again here, a monkey system, I, I, think, uh, I think our hand looks really strong, but given the action so far, there's really nothing we're ahead of here is the problem um, when we raise. I'm trying to think of anything that's really going to call this raise. Queen-10, uh, perhaps. That's really all I can come up with. Maybe maybe the villain 3-bet us pre-flop with, with something like king, uh, king, excuse me, Queen-10 suited. And uh, then he had a straight draw on the flop, and he would have bet that, and he picked up top pair on the turn, and now he's value betting his trips. But remember, if we're going to raise him here... Remember, anytime you value bet or value raise, you have to win more than 50% of the time. You have to believe you're going to win more than 50% of the time when you get called or you shouldn't have made that bet. So let me say that one more time. Whenever you make a value bet or a value raise, you have to expect to win more than 50% of the time that you're going to get called in order to show a profit on that. Otherwise, you would have been better just checking or calling. And here, I, you know, again, I can really only think of one specific hand that's queen-10 suited that we're going to get called by that's going to be behind us. I mean, I, I don't think there's any chance he's going to call with ace-jack here. Is he really going to, with all the betting that's, and raising that's gone on so far, is he really going to call our min-raise here with ace-jack? Uh, I, I don't think so. So I think the... I think the, the highly preferable play here, even though our hand looks uh, so exciting here, being, uh, being, you know, being trips, I think the, the much superior play is just to call here and, and hope for the best.
but uh, but we do raise and uh, and as you can see we lose to the second nut flush so so it's easy to look back on this hand and to say boy you know I, I wish I had raised him on the flop when I could have but he may not have folded his flush draw on the flop anyway and overall I think the optimal result here is just we could have saved a bet on the turn and saved a bet on the river by not raising and and that's about it we're just we're just gonna have to lose some money on this hand so well thanks for submitting this hand and um, sorry that the monkey system didn't fare better on this hand but maybe next time for now this is Steve and Steve signing off and I'll, I'll see you in the next uh, broadcast thanks for watching <laughs>